Hello and welcome to Babelfish, the podcast where humanists, freethinkers and atheists share their life stories. The podcast where non-believers from all over the world share the challenges and the risks they face. You can support Babelfish by becoming a patron. Do it on patreon.com or the Danish equivalent tenor.dk. You'll find the links in the episode description. I hope you will enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's podcast. Thank I'm you. still in Ghana and uh, doing another interview in Accra. Uh, and maybe uh, you can present yourself to the listeners. Okay, so my name is Eugen. Sushi? Eugen. Eugen Akono. Eugen. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you prefer, my local name. Anim Akono. Anim Akono, yes. Anim Akono, yeah. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. And you are a humanist? Yes, uh, yeah, I'm a humanist, uh, I can say. But I also like to describe myself as a, an optimist and a fallibilist. So. Okay, yeah. yeah, okay. And how did you, uh, how did you become a non-believer, a humanist? <laughs> okay, uh, well, in many ways it was, uh, it was a slow and gradual process. Um, Along the path, along the journey, it was also very painful because okay. I had to like overhaul a lot of my fundamental beliefs about the world, moral yeah. schemes, and a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, and um, I think it, it was quite emotional, not just intellectual as well. So, okay, so you you grew up religious? Yes, yeah, so I grew grew up in a religious household. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were Presbyterians. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and strong believers. Uh, yes, very okay. strong believers. Only, um, yeah, strong believers. My mom was more more believing than my dad. My dad was more of a practical person, although okay. he also had his own beliefs. Yeah. Yes, but he was more practical in the sense that um, he had to attend to a lot of like. Uh, because he was the main breadwinner, he had to be more practical as in doing a lot of work and stuff. So mm. he hardly went to church, he hardly devoted a lot of time to yeah. those sort of activities. Yeah. Okay. So basically, that was it. Okay. So it was your mom? Yes, who, uh, yes. I mean, I remember going for uh, all night, you know, all night. Oh. Yes, yeah, church okay. all night, where you go and then pray, pray all night? Yeah, pray all night uh, somewhere on a field or on an open park. Oh. And then. Uh, Accompany her to revivals and um, a lot of church activities held mm. in the evenings. Yeah, some university campuses. And you were a firm believer yourself as a kid. Um, or oh, as a firm, okay. Well, to a fair degree, I do remember. Um, yes, praying to God, wishing that certain things in my life would change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, yes. As I think to to, uh, to a good extent, I think I was a, a fairly good person. Mm. I, and I remember being um, terrified about whether I would make it to hell, um, heaven, and the okay. usual yeah. things. The that, usual scares. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I was fairly, uh, I was serious mm. about it. So when did you start to questioning things or changing your mind? Okay. So um, in terms of questioning things, as a child, I. I struggled with reading a lot, mm-hmm. um, so uh, it took me right onto somewhere around, um, should I say, I think, uh, 11, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, to pick up reading. If, uh, even that wasn't quite fluently. So, um, during that period, um, my, uh, my, my cousin who had come to stay with us ever since mm. he was young, um, was the individual to whom the individual with whom I had a lot of like um, what you what you might call critical conversations. Yeah. In which case, he he encouraged me to ask questions, to be doubtful about receive knowledge and all of that. Mm. So he, it's from him that I learned how to be critical and then mm -hmm. to question and then to sort of as it were um, accommodate doubt into the way I think about the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I learned that from him, and then. Um, Somewhere in uh, what we call G um, GSS one, a friend. I borrowed a book from a friend called mm -hmm. uh, "The Incredible Machine," but it was referring to a human body. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And the uh, very few chapters, uh, I was going through. In the first few chapters, they were describing what I now know to be evolution. Oh, about yeah. how the Earth gradually like, um, condenses out of the interstellar mm. dust. It was hot the usual stuff and uh, and it, it really struck me as like a very profound description of how we came to the world mm. as opposed to what I learned from Bible school and all yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's how I gradually um, uh, gradually started moving along that path. Mm. But it was to also a greater extent my love of science. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that pushed yeah. me in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what, what happened next? So, I mean, from there, the book says something I found quite funny, um, which was to say, when all these chemicals aggregate, given um, it is possible, but that uh, we do not understand the process, mm. but that these inanimate chemicals um, can become animate. Yeah. And then um, the author made some remarks about how given enough, a long period, and mentioned something in the order of billions of years. But I felt it was a weak argument, if you ask me. Okay. Yeah, because, but because, and then the, the thing is that the book wasn't really dealing with evolution per se, but just describe a few things. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah. But the main topic of the book was about the human body and how you can treat it as a machine that carefully um, mm -hmm. interacts with itself and the yeah. world and stuff like that. So I was like, ah, I mean, are you just saying inanimate can become animate and you're saying the trick is to give it more time? Mm. So I didn't really buy it. Mm. But uh, from then, I was learning about Isaac Newton yeah. and his discovery of the universal theory of uh, gravity. I was learning about, uh, I was also becoming more confident with mathematics. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started um, appreciating the, uh, a more abstract way of looking at the world. Mm. So with that understanding, I, um, I also discovered uh, people like um, Albert Einstein mm -hmm. and uh, then Darwin. And along that way, I started discovering that most of these ideas weren't uh, solid. So I, I think right in Genesis um, secondary school, mm. at, the best, as, at best, I knew I wasn't like a Christian in the yeah. sense that I believed most of those ideas. But it was hard to shake off the idea that there was some guiding hand at work, mm. some deep intellect. Yeah, uh, that, that, that was a bit difficult to shake. So I, I think... I gradually switched into a more basic conception of the world. Okay. Yeah, that that that, that was somewhere in secondary school. So I, I think I was, um, I, I think somewhere in fifteen, and that's mm. that that that's largely an idea I borrowed from Einstein. Mm. And that's as far as I could get by then. 
But right up uh, when I got to J um, the university, mm -hmm. I stumbled on a, a book by uh, Thomas Paine. Yeah. The Age of Reason. Mm. Yes, I, I've been that blew my <laughs> many, mind. Many, many know that yeah. book. Yeah. So it blew my mind. I was <laughs> like, and the thing about Age of Reason was. This was a book written somewhere in 17. It's a old, really, a really old, old book. book. It's yeah. not like, are you seeing this old chap long time ago yeah. knew that much of, and then Tom, in, in reading Thomas, The Age of Reason, the, the, the mind bending thing about it was he wasn't appealing to arguments from a scientific outlook on the world. That you didn't need Darwin to tell you that no biological organisms come this way. You don't need per se. Uh, put an understanding of chemistry to understand mm. all of this, but he was saying the text itself was logically inconsistent, and that no person who's literally read the document mm. and with a sound understand and, a, and and can be described as a rational person would take it mm. to me like yeah. what, what, what it meant. So I was, I was I was blown away. So from Thomas Paine, I knew I couldn't sustain any deistic conception of the world. I couldn't become a Christian. It was I couldn't go back again. No. To the whole idea. It was too late. It was too late. Yeah. I mean, the shit. But in all of that, I mean, by then also, I was going through a, a lot. Like, I was going through some form, mild form of depression. Uh, I was reading about, about um, I was reading books by Bertrand Russell, mm -hmm. uh, Isaac Asimov. Yeah. It's in the usual, the big guys. So, yeah. I mean, I knew I couldn't sustain any um, picture of the world. I had uh, good, bad, um, evil and all those conceptions like and then i was reduced to more of a lucretius conception mm. of the world where nothing is but the atoms and void and all of this is just and then the the, the other hunting idea was um, after i had come to accept this idea the hunting idea was in a purely materialistic world how do you find meaning in yeah the everyday activities yeah. you partake in what is the place of love what is the place of morals and all this framework mm. and, and that was i think a more challenging thing for, yeah for it must be tough too because it's basically everything you believed in yeah, yeah, yeah. was gone yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so it was, it was it was personally difficult and the fact that you felt like uh, from time to time especially on sundays not often but on sundays i find myself what was i was in the university i mean mm. this was a school Funny enough, I, and I got disillusioned a lot when I was in the university because yeah. I felt it was an it was an institution where I would gain a more potent understanding of the world. Mm -hmm. But it turned out more it it turned out to be like um, to my mind a place where you just go double in a lot of church activities and then mm. get a piece of paper that says okay fine you are quite skilled in this or that. Yeah. So I was really disillusioned when I got there. Okay. I was like, I didn't find a lot of people I could actually talk with. And you have you have, you had hoped that yes, you I, found, I, I, I would I, have I, found yes. a lot I, of people. I, I, I was yeah. hoping that by then, a lot of the people who had studied maybe enough chemistry would have started to suspect some of these ideas. Yeah. A lot of people who had um, drifted along purely mathematical or scientific outlook on mm. the world would be able to shake off more of their religious conceptions. But yeah. I was really, it was, it was sad <laughs> when I didn't. read that. No, I okay. mean, it, many could not shake it off. Okay. And they could keep two contradictory ideas in their head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was also quite a curious thing to observe. Yeah. Yeah. 
So how did you uh, find the humanist organization then? Okay, so the humanist organization... That was later? That was or? much, much later. Oh, okay. That was much, much later yeah. after, after school. Yeah. So a friend of mine... Um, so you finished university and started working and then yes. later on yes, yes. you found the... Humanist association. Okay. Yeah, but it was through an indirect route. That's a, a, that was a friend of mine yeah. who went to... In fact, he's a friend from whom I borrowed the book in the beginning. The, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and he was a Muslim. Mm -hmm. And the, the book was from his father's private collection, library. But I hadn't read it or he didn't take it too seriously. But mm -hmm. we all liked science by then. So yeah. Just gave it to me. It was he that I kept having arguments with. Mm. I was like, you know, I no longer <laughs> believe in these things. Yeah. But why do you hold on to yours? And what is the foundation? Do you not see the absurdity of it all? And it, it, keep, it, it kept going back and forth like that till I think one semester before the semester began, he called me and said, like, there's something I need to tell you. Mm. I was like, what's up? So I went over to Zen and it was like, I don't think I'm a Muslim anymore. Okay. Yeah, and, and so he had changed. Yeah, he had changed. Yeah. He had changed as well. Okay. Uh, but, uh, I couldn't, but funny enough, it didn't bring me as much pleasure as I thought I, it, it would. <laughs> because in having those arguments with him, I was thinking, okay, yeah, all I needed to do was lay out the arguments and then this was a... Hmm. But then I also knew, apart from you come to that realization, it wasn't like uphill from there. No. It was, it was going to be a real struggle to find as a well a deep uh, a more truer picture of what it means to be a human being yeah what it means to what values should you should have mm. and what the human condition in general yeah. has to offer yeah. if anything and then yeah. it, i think it's more something that you one needs to master so i felt like in many ways i had done him a disservice to some extent because i feel like wow this lad is now having to is now going to go through much <laughs> of the it. same thing so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> you so, felt sorry for him yeah I, I i do i do even to this day to this day um to this day uh i i don't particularly think i want to convince people otherwise i used to when i was in the early flashes of my age yeah wish that people saw the light as I <laughs> you tried to yeah you you were missionary <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes basically yes. like an evangelist for, <laughs> for atheism yeah. and stuff like that but in many ways I feel I feel um if the person is not really if the person doesn't particularly enjoy um cannot have all doubts mm. not but doubt as a fundamental state of the human condition mm -hmm. and that we will always be facing only in a continual stream of problems and mm -hmm. our job is to solve it as best we can and uh, that nobody knows yeah. nobody can know yeah. and that the people who should immediately leave the room are the people who mm. claim absolute certainty yeah if you think the person can sustain those modes of thought i think it's a great disservice if you do swing them along yeah. into your direction because these are people who do not have the the mental or the, the do not have either the emotional uh, frame of uh, mm. mind or the intellectual skill sets to handle some of these things. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, 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 I think it's really difficult. Yeah, it, it is. It's really difficult. Yeah. Okay, and then you joined the you joined an event. Yeah. So it's, it was through my friend. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, he he was he saw the association through the internet and then saw um, 
contacted um, one of the members mm. and found out when they were having events. Okay. Then, yeah. Yeah. So we went together, and okay. then from then on, that's how I joined. Okay. And when was that? Uh, to be honest, I'll be hard pressed to come up with the time. Okay. The, the, the date, though. Yes, or uh, no, it was, no. Um, like um, I'll say, not like three years old. Three oh, years okay. Old, yeah. yeah. And you've been active then in you. What do you do? So I've been. I've not really been active. Okay. I've been off and on due yeah. to my work. It's okay. A bit like uh, mm. time consuming. So. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah, but you participate in yeah. events and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. And how do you? How is uh, humanist perceived in Ghana? Uh, <laughs> 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 oh well, well, how is it perceived? It's, in Ghana, it's more like a, a code word for non-believer. Mm. So, or in many ways, people are like, what does it mean to be a humanist? Yeah. And uh, uh, they feel like. Um, what are you saying when you say you're a human? Mm. Yeah. Recently, I wrote a piece for um, the group that on the on the website on the yeah. human condition, yeah. and uh, I shared with a couple of friends from work and mm. yeah, my personal contact. And some some people are like, "What does it mean to be a human?" because yeah. yeah. they they find it hard to understand that in many ways the problems that we face. Mm. can only be solved by us. Yeah. They find it difficult to understand that um, at the center of our concern should be the human condition and yeah. how best we can ameliorate the many struggles and the problems mm. we solve. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'd, I struggle with coming, to, uh, giving them an in-depth explanation of what it means, what values we hold mm. and, and all that. But, yeah. But for many of them, they either don't know what it is, they either think it's some form of a uh, devil worship or an excuse by people to sin or something like that. An excuse to sin? Yes, an oh. excuse to sin, yeah. On a few occasions, some colleagues at work are like, okay, so Eugene, you're not, an atheist, you're not a believer, so so why don't you just like go into the world and do evil things and stuff like that? And, <laughs> and, well, in many ways, I find it like uh, comedic when they say that, but yeah. you... It makes you. It gives you an insight as how they look at the world. Yeah. In the sense that, in many ways, um, it's only because they read a good book that they are well behaved. Yeah, they need someone else to tell them how to behave yeah. or like the right way. Charlie Manga would say, "I don't need a talking snake to make me behave properly." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That. So, so you are open towards your co your coworkers know that you don't. No, no, not me. Not no, not me. Okay. The people I'm comfortable with. Okay. Do have an understanding of. Yeah my conception of the world okay but uh when it comes to let's say my superiors i try to make sure they don't know what they don't do. know yeah because you risk your job or um not necessarily my job but in terms of like uh, people's attitude towards okay. you yeah and uh, maybe the evaluation of your work and okay and all those sort of things i mean yeah uh, my previous company one guy was like um i lost my job a while back and mm -hmm. then one guy was like, yeah, I mean, because you're native, so, yeah, God is, like, kind of, like, punishing you and stuff. I see. I mean, amongst <laughs> all, the, all the explanations you could reach out for, this was a one. It's a punishment, could, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that's it. But I tried, in, in general, the reason why I don't particularly come out to people hmm. is that I feel like 
most people don't have the skill sets to penetrate some of these questions. Okay. Either from a lack of interest to mm. um, status quo, yeah. uh, the, the, the fear that comes with uncertainty and all that. So because of that, I kind of like bring the issue up only when there's a need to. Yeah, okay. Other than that, I try to stay concealed yeah. as much as possible. Okay. But not yeah, through okay. fear per se. Okay. Yeah. And how about your family? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's interesting. So, my older brother, one I told you about earlier, that um, encouraged me mm. when it comes to critical thinking. Yeah. Funny enough, he couldn't get as far as eighteen though. Okay. Yes. So, um, he went to Japan, studied abroad, and all that. But as far as he could, it, uh, as he could only come as far as to say, okay, to some extent, there's uh, the laws of the universe that govern how things play out. And these are immutable rules and stuff like that. Mm. And then he, and he also thinks that, to some extent, there is some deep um, hand at work. Mm. Ha. Okay. Ha. Not a mind that kind of like empathizes with you or is personal. But then he, I think he could only get as far as a day is the conception of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he still maintains some dichotomy in the sense that there's a material world and then a spiritual world. He's okay. not been able to shake that off. Okay. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, but so and then my sister was, was a medical doctor, and uh, in my early flashes, I thought I could have a more mm. meaningful dialogue with her, discussing things about how the human system was like a like a clockwork mm. sort of thing, and uh, uh, how it can best be understood from an evolutionary framework. Yeah, couldn't buy the idea, and it, we've had many many heated conversations about. Okay, that. so she eventually I kind of like. <laughs> Desire not to go there with her. Okay, so yeah. you don't talk so to her about, about it. About her. Oh, okay. Yeah, but my mom is the one who is like really sad about it. Mm. Um, she thinks her son will go to hell or burn for all eternity. Okay, so she even, prays for you. Yes, a lot. Yeah. Even yeah. though I've pointed out a lot of logical contradictions about it, yeah. she still. I mean, she. We could say she. She's not the one to enjoy logical conversations or okay. point, like look at the world from absurdities and stuff mm. like that yeah, so yeah. I don't think she she can appreciate that okay. so I try not to raise that up yeah. but I have made it explicitly clear to her that okay. I do not hold those values okay uh-huh. so they know yes so yeah, okay. my, my dad's brother indifferent so okay <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. like a practical man yeah okay yeah. yeah but they know but some people are lose their families or are afraid that they will lose their families uh, when they come out so uh, okay Um, how do you see the uh, what can you say the future the next generations for in Ghana would it be better or for non-believers so in relation um, like I said I'm an optimist yeah (laughs) I I, I think yeah there are very few uh, Options open to me. I have to be yeah. optimistic about the future. Yeah. But it, the, the steady trend I've realized is that um, in, for me, the internet has been an indispensable tool. Mm. Um, imagine if I'm to imagine myself trying to like um, reconstruct all these ideas on my by myself and on my own. Yeah. I don't think I would have been able no. to do it. And. Uh, a great many, uh, a great deal about what makes us human beings is the fact that we inherit knowledge from 
a lot of our predecessors and people mm. long dead for whom we can't say thank you. Yeah. So I think with the advent of the internet and then the more it becomes a daily and indispensable tool of our lives, yes, increasingly the world will take a gradual ascendance towards yeah. a more materialistic. Yeah, because you can get world. access to information from yes. a really early age yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, a great deal. I yeah. mean, there are many things I'm surprised that it took me this long to know. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, I am surprised. I, right now, um, there's something I'm doing right now, which is um, giving evolution a second look. Yeah. And I'm blown away by the power of the argument that yeah. I don't think it is possible at the present time for an intellectual mm. to, um, to say that we are in doubt about how we came to be. No. It's it's it, it is a done deal. It's almost as potent as their conversation. The sun going around the earth, or the earth mm. going around the sun. We do know how this yeah. thing is playing out. Yeah. So I'm I'm so I'm 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 looking at that, and then my my main task right now is to say, okay, fine. Given that I am an evolved mammal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, what values are we to hold? What things would change in the future? What does AI mean? What does mm. it mean to be a person? Which, and that's in AI and yes. what it means to be a person, person is the yes. next big question, yeah, right? The next big question because yeah. I feel like person is not necessarily something in a, a carbon-based life form. Yeah. But I think to, it's more of like a form of information processing that's sort of like aware of itself. Mm. And what questions would come up with um, in the future about when we start to think about. Uh, computers becoming sentient and conscious and which i think is possible because mm. being a materialist there are few avenues open to me in terms yeah. of like what does it mean well i can't say a soul mm. so but i can describe a human being in terms of computations and uh, electrical processes yeah. and stuff and yeah. if that can be instantiated in a machine what rule, what do i think i would like what sort of rules or mm. what type of relationship I, I would like to have with that person and what yeah. does it mean in yeah. a larger context yeah. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so those are some A lot of changes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are many years away. But oh, yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> but in the near future, there's still, yeah, there will still be progress for... Precisely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, thank no, you. Yeah. 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 It's nice talking to you. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can support Babelfish by becoming a patron. You can also follow Babelfish on Facebook and on Instagram. You'll find the links in the episode description. Until next time, be a happy human.